0: Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. Did y'all hear that? Y'all heard what we said, right? Y'all heard that. We said it. You believe it. That he won't fail you. He will not fail you. He will not fail you. Amen? he won't fail you wow man so let's talk about that <laughs> thank y'all so much for leading us this morning super job to the glory of God I put some questions on Facebook this week and um, get some feedback from y'all and man did I get the feedback ask two questions on my Facebook page uh, what's one thing that has brought you joy in the past month and what is one thing that has brought you pain in the past month and man y'all lit it up (laughs) like i expected you to do Uh, and a bunch of you responded and the the answers were um as expected very wide-ranging very plentiful and very wide-ranging um under the joy category some of the things that you said has brought you joy over the last month is uh, you've said, the salvation of your kids, grandkids, getting saved, uh, the growth of our church. People talked about that. that. That's a blessing. People looking forward to retirement, and uh, uh, actually did retire this week from teaching after 29 years, a friend of mine, uh, spending time with friends and family new grandbabies There's always going to be somebody going to be happy for those new those new grandbabies that come into the world and so folks put that on there healing from diseases people say man God's healed me because he's still healing people and put that on there Um, just the blessings and provisions of God lots of cool stuff that people said that um, uh, had brought joy to their lives over this past month and then pain category again was just as Just as wide-ranging, just as plentiful, because we all experience that too. Some of the things that people mentioned as the consequences of past sin, those lingering consequences of past sin continues to bring pain. Uh, The uncertainty of the future, the fact that we have uh, a limited time left on this earth to, to make a difference or to make up for lost ground and stuff like that. Uh, grief over the loss of loved ones, people experiencing that over the last month, losing family members and friends, fractured relationships, divorces, uh, physical and mental suffering uh, of family members and friends and things like that, work struggles, a lot of things that, that bring people pain. So, you know, all of the answers, all of those answers that I got on Facebook, all of them describe one thing. They describe one thing. They describe life, right? They just describe life. I mean, that's it. That, that every one of us is going to experience many moments of joy. We're all going to have plenty of opportunities to be joyful. There'll be a lot of things that we, as we walk the road of life, that are going to bring joy to us, but all of us are going to have many moments of pain. As we go through the walk of life, the pain is unavoidable and the joy is incredible. The the joy is what we look forward to and the pain is what we fear and try to avoid. The, The pain drives us to our knees in agony and the joy drives us to our knees in worship. But I would say to you also that the pain ought to drive us to our knees in worship as well. And that's just that's just it. And as we continue walking through Joseph's life from the pit to the palace, as we've been doing for the last uh, few weeks, is walking through Joseph's life. And as we continue to do that, we see evidence of both of those things. Lots of joy, lots of pain. I mean, think about the pain category, the pain, the section of, of jo- uh, Joseph's life, the dysfunction of his family that we've talked about and that we all experience in our own lives the, the, the his family distru- dysfunction the 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 disgust and the deceitfulness of his brothers the the dirty mind of potiphar's wife all of those things that brought pain to joseph we see that and then as we continue to walk through his life we will see some incredible expressions of joy in his life and eventually in his family's life. And, and through all of the highs and the lows, all of the good times and the bad times, all the mountaintops and the valleys, all the joy and the pain, there was one thing that was constant about Joseph's life, and it is this that we will see as we read this passage of Scripture, the Lord was with Joseph. Amen? The Lord was with him. So grab your Bibles, if you will, and let's go back to Genesis chapter 39. That's uh, where we've been parked here for the last uh, couple of weeks in, in this book of Genesis, walking through Joseph's life. And so we're looking at, we looked at Genesis 39 last week because it's the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife that we'll touch on again here in just a minute. But I want to go back to this passage, but now just go down to the bottom of the passage And look at verses 21 through 23. That's where we're going to focus our attention today. So would you stand, please, and let's read uh, these verses together. Genesis chapter 39, beginning in verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. Say that. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. So whatever was done there, Joseph was the one who did it. And the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because, why? The Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. May God bless the reading of this awesome passage of Scripture. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. So help us, Father, now. Um, You've just been so good to us today. And just being able to sing, and man, the, the proclamation of truth that we have already said today that you will never let us down, never have, and you're not going to start now. And so we thank you for that. So, Holy Spirit, now you come, you're with us, you're in us, you're among us, and so teach us now and help us as we desperately need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. So, real quick, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, last few weeks, uh you this is going to be a little bit of a review for you in case this is the first time you're here or you hadn't you don't know this story let me tell you where we are talking about a guy named Joseph in the Old Testament let me give you a quick timeline of his life bringing us up to where we are right now Joseph uh was hated by his brothers there was 12 of them and, and 12 brothers and and Joseph was hated by them and the reasons he was hated are varied he was hated because his father made it known to, to Joseph and all of his brothers, that Joseph was his favorite. Joseph was his favorite son. He had had, Joseph was the next to the last one. So he was the, the next to the last, uh, next to the youngest. And so he, was the, he had him late in life. His father had him late in life. He was his favorite, made sure everybody knew that, gave him a coat of many colors, uh, set him apart, which set him apart from his brothers. They just had the normal uh, everyday robes that everybody wore back then, which would have just been like tan. Uh, you know color brown colored uh short sleeve robes that were just kind of you used them when you're at work when well, joseph was a long sleeve multicolored ro- royal robe which set him apart brothers hated that and despised him not only that but they uh they they hated him because of he had some dreams that he told him about he 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 had the dreams which was one thing, but then he told his brothers about the dreams, and what he dreamed was, his, was that one day his brothers were going to come and bow down to him. Now, how do you think that made his older brothers feel when the little squirt said that y'all are going to come bow down to me one day? They hated him because of that, and so as a result of that, they assaulted him, literally physically assaulted him. His daddy sent him out to the field to go, hey, go check on your brothers, got out there, his brothers jumped him. And uh, they wanted to kill him. Most of them wanted to kill him, literally wanted to kill Let's kill him, is what they said. And one of the brothers said, we can't do that. Let's just chunk him in this pit right here. So they threw him down into a pit. They were just going to leave him to die down there. To, you know, we're not going to kill him, but we'll just throw him over there and then let, it, let him just die anyway. And then, so then they're sitting down eating their bologna sandwiches, having lunch, with him screaming down the bottom of the pit, just, hey, we're, we're done with him. And then they look up and they see this Ishmaelite caravan coming uh, headed down to egypt they said hey look let's let, let's make some money off of him <laughs> you know uh, that'd be that's that'd be better than just him dying we can make some money off of him pulled him up out of the pit sold him to the ishmaelites for and 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 then uh, lied about him to his father said that he had gotten killed and and the the ishmaelites took him down uh into egypt put him on the auction block the slave auction block he got on the and, and potiphar a leader, a Pharaoh, uh, the leader in Egypt came and bought him off the, uh, the slave block and took him to his own house. But because the Lord was with Joseph, uh, Potiphar saw that, hey, there's something special about this guy. So he put him in charge of his entire house. Now, literally, he was like Potiphar's personal attendant. He had, he had to say so the run of the whole house. He was in charge of everything. Well, Potiphar had a lusty wife, lustful wife. And she saw this good-looking guy, the word of God says in Genesis 39, literally says he was very handsome in appearance and and well-built. And so she saw this well-built hottie in the house now, and so she started getting after him and literally constantly trying to get him to come to bed with her, seducing him left and right. Every time he come in the room, she's dressed seductively, smells good, got, you know, hey, look, husband's not here, hey, come on, and that kind of stuff. And so, so much so that one day he came in, there was nobody in the house, and so she literally... She jumped him and she grabbed him and said, Come to bed with me. And he said, I cannot do this. I cannot sin against my master. Plus, I can't sin against God. I'm not doing this. And so he pulled away from her. She grabbed him. She had a hold of him. As he was pulling away, He, pu- she literally pulled his robe off of him. And he just ran like a scalded dog and just got out of the house, which is what you're supposed to do in the face of sexual temptation, which we talked about last week. And he just ran, left the robe with him. So she turned the tables on him. Husband comes home. And she goes, oh, my goodness, Joseph tried to rape me. He jumped me. Look, see, here's he left his clothes, he left his robe here he tried to rape me it was terrible it was terrible and so potiphar got ticked off went and got joseph said i can't believe you did this i trusted you with everything threw him in prison that's where we are now so that's the story of joseph's life up to this point point. and it was just crazy but there's one statement that characterized his life In this chapter, chapter 39 that we looked at last week and partially this week, four times, verse 2, verse 3, verse 21, verse 23, four times it says, the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord was with Joseph. So in the midst of all of the stuff, God was with him. And so for us today, we need to think about that and realize the application for this message is this, that no matter what we are going through, God is always with us. Amen? He always is, no matter what we're going through. So let's talk about, let's talk about our lives and how does that affect us, the fact that God is always with us. I want to encourage you to do three things today. Number one, I want to encourage you to do this look back. Look back in your life. Now, look back and see what the Lord has brought you through. Look back in your life and see what the Lord has brought you through. Because every one of us can and should. Give testimony to the fact that God has brought me through. The fact that you're sitting here today in this place worshiping the one true living God is evidence that the Lord has brought you through something and brought you here today. And so we need to do that. Think about that. Think about what God has brought you through. Let me tell you what one commentator said about joseph listen what he said here it's kind of a long quote so just hang on with me here it said joseph's relatively brief but full experience of the lord had taught him that while he could not expect to be exempt from life's harshness and injustice he could expect the lord to be merciful and gracious toward him in the undesirable situation He could look back on his meteoric rise from a minor shepherd to a major player and recognize the hand of God. So see, that's Joseph. This commentator is saying Joseph could look back and see, even though he was still a young man, he could see how he went from being a little minor shepherd boy. Hey, son, run out there to the field and check on your brothers. I mean, just this insignificant minor shepherd to a guy that is being put in charge of pharaoh's house and put in charge of potiphar's house here just an incredible rise in his life and how god he wasn't exempt from injustice he still got thrown in the pit he was still assaulted by his brothers he was still still despised by them and yet he could see that in the midst of all this god's merciful and gracious hand was all over his life. So for you and me, man, as Christ followers, listen to me. I'm talking to the Christ followers in the room today. As Christ followers, we need to have a deep appreciation of all that God has done for us in the past. Now listen, the past, I'm talking about when I say the past, I might mean yesterday. That's the past, isn't it? I mean, what God do for you yesterday? Your past might be something that happened in your life this week. Did you go, man let, me tell, man, let me tell you what God did in my life. Let me tell you what He did this week. Let me tell you how He answered this prayer. This week, let me tell you what He did. Anybody got a testimony like that? I mean, think about it. Or maybe it is a year ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago when I got saved. I mean, you know, maybe it is, but we've got to have a deep appreciation of all that God has done for us in the past. Because as we sang at 8.30, He's great as thy faithfulness. And even as we sang this morning here, He is faithful. He's always been faithful. He's not going to stop being faithful now. So look back and go, man, let me tell you what God has done in my life. Because our testimony is built on the completion of that statement Let me tell you what God has done for me. That is your testimony. That is my testimony. Let me tell you what God's done for me. Let me tell you what He's brought me through. Now look, it doesn't have to be some kind of dramatic testimony rescued out of the gutter kind of testimony. You might have that kind of testimony. But whatever it is, God has always been at work in your life. And we need to give testimony. Now, look, we don't need to get, we don't need to get stuck in the past and and try to bring back the good old days. Because can I give you a, a little insight? The good old days ain't coming back. I mean, you long for them all you want to, man. I just wish things were like they used to be. Well, they ain't gonna be like that anymore. Even though I did drink water out of the water uh, garden hose this past week, I really did. And I'm still okay. I hadn't. I, I mean, I think I'm okay. Maybe you said you're not okay. But, uh, but, but I'm just telling you, that we can't get stuck in the past, but we need to think about the past. So I want you to do that right now. I want you to do that right now. Think about this. How has God worked in your past? What, you, what do you have in your mind right now how has god worked in your past what, what has he brought you through and give him glory for that so look back and see what the lord has brought you through now secondly i want you to look around and see what god is doing right now so look back rejoice in what he's done and how he's always been faithful But I want you to look around right now and look and see what the Lord is doing right now. Right now. God is at work right now. Listen, if if your testimony is built on one, I'm not minimizing this, but you stay with me, is built on one solitary time in your life years ago when you prayed some prayer and asked Jesus to come into your heart. And that's the extent of your testimony. And you're not aware of God working in your life now. You're not, you're not, you're not seeing that. You're not even concerned about that. All you're concerned with, I got my fire insurance paid up back then when I was in Bible school when I was nine years old. So I know I ain't going to hell now. Well, you might not know that. Because the Christian life is an everyday experience. Amen. It's every day. It is the God's mercies are new every morning. It is get up every morning and go, Lord, this is your day. This is the Lord day you have made. I'm gonna rejoice today. God, what do you want to do in my life today? God, I'm gonna get in your word today. I'm gonna hear from you today. I'm gonna walk with you today. Lord, this is now. So, right now, you need to look around. How's God working in your life right now? Man, if we had time, we'd move on into chapter 40. We don't have time to do this. But let me just tell you what what, what happens here. Chapter 40 is the account of Joseph's prison time. Remember, Potiphar's wife, you know, he tried to rape me, and so Potiphar threw him in prison. So, Joseph is sitting in prison. And I don't know if you've been there, I don't know if you've been in jail. Some of you have, and some of you can say like me, I know what it's like. I've been in jail. I, yes, your pastor has been in jail. I know what it's like to have the door closed, and it wasn't some fundraiser to raise money for some civic club. It was I got put in jail because I broke a I broke a law. And I was in jail when I was a youth minister. Now y'all are going, Okay. <laughs> We have a convicted felon as our pastor. No, that's not the case. That is not the case. I'll tell you the story later. Some of you know the story. I'm just going to kind of leave the rest of you hanging. So anyway, but the truth of the matter is, it ain't fun. And it is a bleak situation when you're sitting in a prison cell. And that's where Joseph was. In spite of his bleak circumstances, he had the assurance that God was with him. And man, what a source of encouragement and strength that had to be to him. And he had no, now let me tell you what he did. He had no way of knowing, your homework after this service is to read chapter 40, so you'll understand what I'm talking about. He had no way of knowing that the interpretation of his cellmate's dreams was going to lead to him getting released from prison. Because that's what he's going to do. He's going to interpret some dreams that that some prisoners had. And he's going to interpret those dreams and ultimately that is going to end up being the cause of his release from prison. But listen to me. You and I have the luxury of knowing the rest of the story. We can read the rest of his story. He didn't know it. He was just in the middle of it. He's sitting in a prison cell and he's just doing what God has gifted him to do in that moment which was a very bleak moment in his life. And yet in spite of the horrendous circumstances he was in right then, he was still going, God, I want to be used by you. I want to be used by you, Lord, so I'm going to interpret these guys' dreams. Do you see that? Do you see what we can learn from that? What a great example that Joseph gave to us of just being Faithful to God, even in the midst of some tremendously difficult circumstances. Just being faithful, just staying faithful to the Lord, no matter what those circumstances are right now in your life. Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter five verse seven, "We walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by what we see. Because if Joseph had walked according to what he was looking at at that moment, he probably would have said, I'm done with this. This is nuts. I cannot believe that I'm sitting here in a prison cell after, and it wasn't even my fault. It wasn't even my fault. It was that stupid woman that was trying to get me to come to bed with her, and then she lied about me, and her husband believed it, and I'm sitting in prison now as a result of that idiot. Just like you and I would do as we were sitting in that prison cell, wouldn't we? Not Joseph. He said, I'll interpret you guys' dreams. God's given me the ability to do that. Just being faithful. He could have let the sight. Of his circumstances we walk by faith and not by sight he could have let the sight of his circumstances shut him down and shut him shut his mouth which would have shut him out of God's plan for his life do you hear me if he had looked at his circumstances and said I'm done he would have lost so much but he didn't so I want you to take a look at your present circumstances some of you, I know some of them, I don't know all of them, but I know some of your circumstances and some of your circumstances are pretty bleak right now. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. You're in some tough stuff right now. So I'm praying for you. But can I tell you, no matter what your circumstances, if you're on the mountaintop right now or if you're in the deepest valley you've ever been in your life, no matter what those circumstances are, God is with you. He is with you. Even if you're sitting there in a doctor's office waiting on the diagnosis and you are scared spitless. God is at work. Even if your marriage and family are in shambles, God is at work. Even if you are frozen by fear and uncertainty of the next step that you are supposed to take, God is at work. So don't shut down. Look for God's hand at work in your present circumstances. Keep praising Him. Keep serving Him. Stay connected to Him and to His people. Keep telling your story or start telling your story. Hey, let me tell you what God's doing in my life right now. Look around and see how God's at work in your life right now. And then finally look ahead and see what the Lord has promised for the future. Look back see what he's done remember what he's done in the past look around you and see how he's working right now because he is working right now and then look ahead and see what he has promised for the future you know what a spoiler alert is you know what a spoiler alert is right that's 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 where you you you, it's a warning that someone is about to tell you something about a TV show or a movie that you ain't seen yet. And they're about to tell you how it ends. And it's going to make you so mad when they tell you, I want to watch that movie. And now you told me, it. you spoiled it for me. That's what a spoiler alert is. When somebody tells you the end of the story when, when you hadn't seen the end yet. Some of you don't know the rest of the story about Joseph. So here's the spoiler alert. This story is going to end very very well you might be looking right now go the dude's in prison his brothers hate him the the potiphar's wife got him thrown in prison because she lied about him trying to rape her when she was the one trying to rape him i mean it's just this is crazy can i tell you it's going to end really really well the end of this story is incredible Now, we're not even going to be able to cover all the details as we study over this over the next few weeks. But I'm just going to tell you, this is a story you're going to see. Lord willing, if I get to preach the rest of this, you're going to see some beautiful reconciliation. You're going to see some beautiful restoration in Joseph's life and in his family's life. It is a beautiful story of how God works. So here's the point for us one of the things that drives us nuts and one of the things that keeps you awake at night and causes us to suffer from some anxiety and stuff like that is that we do not know the details of the rest of our life do we (laughs) and so that uncertainty causes us to have some fear well what if well guess what the what if Probably going to happen at some point. I'm not a doomsday prophet. I don't live under a cloud of uh, just a a funk, but I'm just telling you. We don't know. We don't know how the the details of our life story is going to play out. But I want to tell you something, there is one thing we do know, so listen to me, if you are a follower of Jesus, I ain't talking to the folks that don't know Jesus, I'm sorry, you need to know him because you're going to really like what I'm about to say. Because for the people who know Jesus, your story ends really, really well. It ends really, really well if you know Christ. It's going to be awesome. You and I can look ahead, and between now and then, we don't know what the details are going to look like, but that out there is really, really good. God promises us that, which is another reason you ought to give your life to Christ if you don't know Jesus, because your end is horrible if you don't know Christ. We do know that God does not promise us. We know the promise of the end. But we know that we're not promised that between now and then that we're going to live a life free of pain and suffering. In fact, one of the things we are promised is we're going to have pain and suffering. It's going to happen. It happens to everybody. One of the things that's kind of I don't know, shaking me a little bit in the recent days, is that over the last couple of weeks, we've seen some some of the finest, strongest, most influential Christian pastors in the United States of America go through horrendous pain and suffering. Some of you know a guy named Tim Keller. You've heard of him. Probably hadn't met him personally, but you know a guy named Tim Keller. Pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in, in the heart of New York City. Now you think, man, does New York City really have... You know, it's, it's an incredible church. Huge church that he planted with his wife years and years ago. And God blessed and God moved and he became one of the most influential people in the United States as far as an evangelical Christian pastor. I mean, man, he, he was he's an apologist. He... A a, a, a incredibly intelligent, tremendous preacher of the Word of God. And then in the year 2020, just three years ago, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Spent the last three years in incredible pain and difficulty and passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago. Just this past week, Michael Katz, former pastor of Sherwood Baptist Church over in Georgia, you would know Sherwood Baptist Church if you watched any of the fireproof movies. Uh, they produced all of those fireproof movies. Michael Cat pastored that church for many, many years. I think somewhere in the neighborhood 30 something years. Pastor that. He's a Mississippi boy, by the way. Grew up in Mississippi, graduated from Mississippi College, go Choctaws. Uh, graduated from MC and spent years over there in Georgia. Incredible ministry, hundreds, thousands of people came to faith in Christ. Church exploded. Now they've got a worldwide impact through those movies. Just unbelievable. Five years ago, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer and began battling that. And then just this past week, uh, his family posted on social media that the, he has been having uh, trim- retired last year, going to re- enjoy retirement with his kids and grandkids. And then last year, and then just last week, his family said that he's been really, really struggling. Went to the doctor. They found a, a tumor, a cancerous tumor, tumor on his brain stem. They said there's nothing we can do. They put him in hospice care. Family says he's probably got a few months left to live now. And so it's just like nobody's exempt just because you're serving the Lord friend of mine his name is named Matt Powell I got to finish this thing up got a guy named Matt Powell he's the pastor of first Baptist Church up in Tupelo awesome young man young pastor uh, he pastored down at East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven for a while and then he went to Tupelo uh, a few years ago beautiful family and uh, shortly after they got to Tupelo one day they were all outside playing his he had a five-year-old son named Judah They were all running around just playing, just being kids. Everybody's outside, beautiful day. They're just enjoying being together. And if I remember the story correctly, um, they were just out playing around. And Judah went up on the front porch of the house and laid down on the top step of the house, of the porch there. Top step right there going up onto the porch. So they looked over at him, saw him laying there on the steps. They thought, well, he's just just playing. This is just part of what he's doing because they were just all out there playing, having fun. And they walked over and turned him over and he was dead five, year, five years old so I, I texted Matt this week I mean it just devastated obviously him, that church, East Haven Church it was just the whole state of Mississippi every Baptist pastor in the state knew about it we were just devastated because we all know Matt, such a super guy so I texted him when I remembered him as I was working on this sermon and his name crossed my mind I thought okay I want to Talk about him. And I text him and said, Hey, man, I'm going to tell you your story. Is it okay? And then, with this point, looking toward the future, I said, what, what have you learned as you look toward the future? He said, Can I call you? And so he called me Thursday afternoon. We talked for a while. And he said, Let me tell you something, John. He said, Now the day goes by that we don't feel the pain. They've had two kids since then. He said, We thought we were done having kids until Judah died. And then we realized we didn't need to be through. had two more kids since then. He said, there's not a day goes by that we don't feel the pain. He said, but I can promise you. He said, this is not empty talk. He said, I can promise you that the blessings that we have experienced from the Lord since then have far outweighed the pain. He said, John, you don't just get the blessings of God in the midst of that. You get God himself. i'm just telling you you keep looking toward the future and no matter what comes no matter what comes And I'm not saying that I want anybody in here to go through hard times or to lose a child or a grandchild or anything like that. I can't imagine what that must be like, but I'm just telling you, no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad it gets, and it's going to get bad for some of us, it's going to get really bad for some of us, we simply do not have to be afraid because we know how it's going to end. And so if you know Christ, you win because Jesus has won for you. Paul said in Philippians 121, he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It means it just gets better. It just gets better. So let me wrap this thing up. No matter what you're going through right now, good or bad, you need to keep doing these four things. Go ahead and put all four of them up on there. Put them all four. got to keep doing these four things. I'm going to run through them and finish this up. you got to keep trusting him. You got to keep trusting Him, no matter what you're facing. When you're so here, listen to me. Sometimes when things are going good, that's when we pull back from trusting God because we think, "Man, I got this thing whooped. I'm in good shape. Everything's cool, man." I don't. Know. That's when you better be trusting the Lord. And then when it's the tough times, man, you just keep trusting God. Proverbs three five and six: Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Psalm fifty-six, three, a verse I'm memorizing right now that says this, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. So keep trusting him. Keep worshiping him. Let me tell you something, y'all, and I'm talking corporate worship. Sometimes when folks are going through bad times, you know what they do? They disconnect from this body. For a number of reasons. Sometimes they disconnect because they feel like, and sometimes it happens that they do get shunned. It's sad that it happens sometimes it does. But man, listen to me, don't disconnect. Don't disconnect from having the opportunity for corporate worship. You keep worshiping the Lord. You keep worshiping the Lord. You keep pouring out your heart to Him in praise through your tears, through your pain. You keep worshiping the Lord. Second Chronicles 20 verse 12 says, We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And man, worship helps you get your eyes on Jesus. So keep worshiping Jesus and keep obeying Him. Keep obeying Him. Man, God's call on our lives for obedience does not change based on our circumstances. you got to keep obeying Him, which leads to the last point. You keep serving Him. You keep serving Him. Don't let your circumstances sideline you from serving the Lord. Now, sometimes they do. If you have a health issue or something like that that literally sidelines you and you can't do anything, that's one thing. But for you just to get in a bad place in your mind or a bad place in your life and just pull out and say, well, I ain't serving the Lord right now, then you're letting Satan win that situation. Man, don't let your circumstances sideline you from serving the Lord. You keep serving him because that's what Joseph did and you know what happened. He found out that God was still with him, and the Lord kept working. So listen to me, friends. You look back, and you see how God has brought you through all this stuff. You look around you, and you see how God's working right now. You look down the road, and you look at the promises of what the future is going to look like for us, and you keep trusting him. You keep worshiping him. You keep obeying him. You keep serving him. And for somebody here today, you may need to come to know Jesus for the very first time because everything I said just now is for people that know Christ. We win because Jesus won for us, and he won for you. So come to Jesus. He is with us. Let's pray together. So, Lord, we thank you that you are with us. Lord, I said in 830 service, say it again now. Lord, it's not Christmas time. It's Memorial Day. But still, you said that you would send one who would be our Savior, Messiah, Redeemer, named Jesus, and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And you are. You're with us at Christmas time. You're with us on Memorial Day weekend. You're with us every moment of every day of our entire lives. So help us remember that and trust you, Lord. And help us to know that you're with us right now and whatever you're calling us to do is what we need to do and how we need to step out in obedience right now. So help us to do that. In Jesus' name I pray.